I'll be brief. You ever believed a pastor that said that? <laughs> Being brief. Um, so, uh, if you will, in your Bibles, turn to Romans, the 14th chapter. I'm just going to turn these on for just a second, and then we'll go back to candlelight for our communion, okay? Romans, the 14th chapter, verse 17, says that the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy, and it's located in the Holy Ghost. Holy Spirit, some translation uh, says, I just like to say ghost, the Holy Ghost, because that just... That's that good Pentecostal way of saying the Holy Spirit. You say the Holy Ghost. Uh, but we've been talking about of his fullness from John. That In John, the first chapter, he tells the Christmas story from a different perspective. And he says that of his fullness, Christ, we all, how many of us? Have received grace upon grace, spiritual blessing upon spiritual blessing, and gift Heaped upon gift. That's what the Amplified says. And we talked about that grace that we have received from His fullness in week one of December. And then week two we talked about uh, our hope that we're overflowing with the hope that He's filled us with, Romans 15. And last week from John, uh, the 17th chapter, we spoke about, it's, He said, my joy. He said, I'll fill you with my joy. And Nehemiah says that it is the joy of the Lord, again, his joy, that gives us strength. And this joy is not, it produces a happiness that doesn't matter what happens. See, if I have joy, it's going to be based upon when I'm happy or when I'm satisfied or when I feel good, then I have joy. But the joy of the Lord that is our strength doesn't look at out. Matter of fact, we said it's immune to outside circumstances in our lives. And this morning we're going to wrap it up that we, we see that of his fullness we have received peace. And I gave you that scripture from Romans because it is righteousness. That's his righteousness that he has given to us that's a gift. That should give us some hope. Amen? Then we have joy that is produced by the Lord and we overflow with peace, that's the kingdom of God. Those are the the essential elements of the kingdom of God: righteousness, peace, and joy. It's not an eating and drinking, keeping feast or traditions. It's great to have traditions, but those religious traditions was where it was not the kingdom. That's not where the kingdom was found. It was found in righteousness, peace, and joy. So, flip with me to Luke, the second chapter, the Christmas story. Verse 13, you know the story, the shepherds have seen the angel and the angel said, don't be afraid for I bring you good tidings. That's about great joy and it's for who? Everyone, everywhere, all people. Then suddenly, verse 13, there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, I want you to look particularly at what the angels were saying or singing. Glory to God in the highest. There's only one God in high, on high. There's not many gods on high. There's one God. Glory to God, the Father, the Creator, who is on high. And on earth, that word earth in the Greek means exactly what you think it means. It's the land that we live on in and everyone in it. That's what it means. Peace on earth. Goodwill toward men. 
In other words, the angels, as they began to sing praise to the Father, they're announcing peace. And this word peace here in the Greek is arena. And it means quietness, rest, health, I'll take that, welfare, and wholeness. In that word wholeness there, it means all of the essential elements coming together to bring wholeness. Spirit, soul, and body. You know, you know that you are created in the image and likeness of God. And He is triune and so are you. Father, Son, and Spirit, and you are spirit, body, and soul. You are a triune being because you are created in His image. And when He was, the angels were declaring in this announcement, peace, quietness, rest, health, welfare, and wholeness. When Jesus came, there was an announcement that he was putting everything back together again. He was making the world and everyone in the world right with God. Some have become aware of that and some are still trying to become aware of that. But he has reconciled the world to himself. He's not going to do it when he comes. The Bible says that at the cross, God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. And Jesus declared in John 19, it is finished. It's a finished work. There's nothing left for him to bring peace on earth. He's already supplied it. And it's his peace that he gives. Colossians 3.15 says, Let the peace of God rule in your hearts. In other words, let the rest and the quietness of God that has made you whole. Let that rule your decisions. When you're making plans, when you're making decisions, when you're trying to make hard decisions, let the rest and the quietness of God rule your decision. Hmm. That quietness there speaks of health and welfare. That rest that we have See, when we're making decisions, if we're letting the Holy Spirit lead us, it will always lead us into health and prosperity. I'm not saying that everybody's going to get a million bucks when I use the word prosperity. It means to have more than you need for the journey. And we're on a journey, and in this journey, He will provide everything that we need. One definition of peace defines, defines it as a state or a period in which there is no war. That war has ended. It brought my mind back to the, the scripture in Isaiah, the 40th chapter, verse 2, where it says, Speak comfort to Jerusalem. Raise your hand, every blood-bought, every believer in the Lord, that he, what he did at the cross. You are the new Jerusalem. See, the new Jerusalem is not a place, it's a people, it's a bride adorned, Revelation says. So I speak comfort to the new Jerusalem today. Anybody want to receive comfort for your spirit and your mind today? And we cry out to you that your warfare has ended. Mm. On Christmas morning, the hardship of trying to earn anything from the Father has been taken care of through Jesus. How do I know that? Because the announcement of the angel on that first Christmas morning was peace on earth. And that peace means that your, your hardship and your war is over. The battle has been won. Do you believe this morning that the enemy is defeated? Then start acting like it. Start believing it and walking in the fight. See, that's where peace is. 
Peace is in knowing that the battle is not ours, the battle is the Lord's, and He has already won the victory. Now, we determined last week that He would fill us with His joy, and now we're looking at this week, He's filling us with His peace. Watch this, Philippians, the fourth chapter, verse 7. The peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds. His peace and His joy are two elements of the kingdom of God. And the other one that is righteousness gives us hope. And we've seen during this Christmas season that of His fullness, we have received righteousness, hope, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Now, just a little bit of a review from last week. I said one of the points that will help you hold on to your joy is to stop trying to figure it out. I will say that again this morning as a uh, point of peace is stop trying to figure it all out. When I let my mind try to figure out what God wants to do and how He wants to handle a situation, it does not bring me peace. It's worry and anxiety, and then I get into confusion, and then I say things, do things, and act a way that's really not becoming to a son because I'm not resting in the quietness of the Lord in my spirit. He said, the angel said there on earth, on earth, peace among men with whom he is well pleased. That's the way verse 13 really reads. It says, and on earth, peace among men. That's the word mankind, all of mankind, the whole human race. And with whom he is well pleased. Goodwill towards men. Have you ever seen that on a card or in, sang it in a Christmas song? This word goodwill is yodoki, and it is favor, happiness, and the delight of God towards man. This peace on earth and goodwill is the Father showing delight, pleasure, and satisfaction with men. Isn't it amazing that the angels were announcing before the baby was ever born that would take away the sin of the world, before the voice would ever speak from heaven, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased, that God was showing that he was well pleased with mankind already. See, that goes against our theology. That goes against our way of thinking. But I'm just telling you what the word goodwill means. If you look at it in the original language in which it was written, he says this goodwill, the Father's favor, His happiness, and His delight, He was proclaiming that peace over mankind before the baby was ever born. It's an announcement of goodwill. That goodwill has not stopped. God's not mad at you. God's not judging you. How do I know that God's not judging you? Because Jesus said that if I be lifted up, I'll draw all. All what? Now I know that the passage says all men to myself, but that phrase is not even... Read your King James Bible and it will show you in the parentheses in the index at the bottom, the footnote at the bottom, that that was an added phrase that was not in the original language there. So he said, I will draw all. All what? All judgment to myself. So if Jesus has already taken judgment, he's not judging you because Jesus took that judgment for you. Why? Because the Father 
is showing his happiness and his delight in you. And if you don't walk away with anything else this morning other than knowing that the Father is pleasing you, but pastor, I did this, pastor, I said that. I know, and the Holy Spirit will correct in a loving way to guide you. It's like a chiropractor manipulating you so that everything lines up and then you feel better because you've been, that's what the Holy Spirit does. When I go to the chiropractor, it is not punishment. I'll walk away feeling good. Why? Because he aligned me and got my health back in line again. And I, I walk straighter. <laughs> I breathe better. The Holy Spirit is your chiropractor. Three experiences of peace quickly. Jesus grew up in a Jewish culture that spoke Hebrew, and they used the word shalom as a greeting and as a farewell or a salutation. And this word shalom, is the, this greeting carries with it, may your life have order and be in balance, and may you prosper in health and in wealth. I'm just telling you what the word shalom means. And I'm trying to get you to understand this morning that the Father's peace towards you that was announced is a permanent establishment in the life of a believer. It's not something that, he, that comes and goes. We either recognize it and are aware of it, and when there's turbulent water sometimes in our life, we don't, we're not as aware of it. But he hasn't taken his peace away from it. It is a permanent establishment. If something doesn't confirm the peace that you already have, then ignore it. If you have peace over a situation and a minister or someone gives you a word that doesn't line up with the way you were already feeling about something that was very comfortable, just ignore it. You already had peace about it. Why get stressed out or bent out of shape over it because someone else said something differently than what you had peace about? That's, that's good. So there's three experiences of peace. The peace with God. This is a supernatural experience that touches our heart. Romans 5.1 says, Therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God because of what Jesus our Lord has done for us. So there is a peace with God that is made because of what Jesus did and when that peace comes there's no condemnation and it's a peace in knowing that our sins are forgiven and forgotten. Good stuff this morning on Christmas Day. Then we have the peace of God. It's an emotional experience that touches our minds. One touches our heart, the other touches our minds. Proverbs 14.30 says, The peace of mind means a healthy body, but jealousy will rot the bones. When you have peace of mind, it will bring health. This is the peace of God in circumstances of life. And then thirdly, there is the peace that we have on earth as the angels announced. And that is a relational peace. You know, when, when the word says peace on earth and goodwill towards men, that word men there is the, the whole human race. And when I saw that, it says not a particular class of men, but the whole race of mankind. Now, let, let this sink into your hearts just a second. Man and woman 
as both are created in the image of God. Notice I said man and woman. I didn't say any other gender. Man, both as created in the image of God, are equally vested with individual personhood. This is an this is inclusive of every man, woman, and child. How, many, how much peace did God give? Enough for every individual man, woman, and child. No, no, ex, no exclusion. It's all inclusive. I'm just giving you what Scripture says and what these words mean in the Scripture. When he said peace to men, he didn't leave anybody out. Anybody can partake of it then it is a relational experience that touches others. If I have peace, then I can minister to Gary. Stop attacking people. Look at me for just a second on this Christmas morning. Stop attacking people. Uh, start addressing the problem, but don't attack people. I, I spoke to a, a former pastor this week who has a deep-rooted hurt. And you know, when we are hurt, we will tend to attack those who have hurt us. Stop attacking people. Address the problem, but don't attack people. We've got to stop attacking people. It is from the peace with God and the peace of God that we can have peace with others. Here's a new perspective for you for the new year. You ready? Here's a new perspective for you. Refuse to evaluate people merely on their outward appearance and behavior. If you and I will stop evaluating one another on outward appearances and outward behavior, we will experience a whole lot more peace, and then in turn we will be able to give a lot more peace. My, father, my grandfather, Hively, who was a pastor, I'm going to close with this Scripture, Hebrews 12, 14, this was his favorite scripture. He would say it all the time. Pursue peace with all people and holiness without which no man shall see the Lord. Now, you can take that to mean that if you aren't holy, you won't go to see the Father. But that's not the way that I take it. I take it as pursue peace with all people and holiness without which no man shall see the Lord. In other words, if I have the peace of God ruling my life, I'm made holy by the Spirit that lives inside of me, you will see the Lord in me. That will bring peace to you. And Jesus said it this way, I'm leaving you with a gift. Peace of mind and peace of heart. The peace that I give isn't like the peace that the world gives. So don't be troubled or afraid. If you watch Hannity, you will know that he ends his show every night, let not your hearts be troubled. That's what I want to leave you with this morning on Christmas. No matter what it looks like out there, if I know that I have his joy and his peace living on side of me because... Where are joy and peace found? According to Romans, we started the service with 1417. It's the, found in the Holy Ghost. Where does he live? He lives on the inside of us. So deep within you, believer, there is righteousness, peace, and joy. That's the kingdom. You're full of it. 
We said in one week one, Jesus was full of it. What was he full of? Grace and truth. Of that fullness he has given to us, grace upon grace, hope upon hope. And we live from victory to victory, faith to faith, glory to glory, not vice to vice and sin to sin and circumstance to circumstance. So as you stand this morning and we transition into our time of communion, You know, Jesus was giving the disciples an example through something that was very familiar to them. These Jewish boys who were the disciples of Jesus had participated and eaten the Passover meal for years. I don't know how old they are. Some scholars say that they were teenagers and that Peter was probably the oldest one because he already had a wife. We know that because Jesus healed his mother-in-law. But, but we don't have their age, but we do know that since the time they were old enough to understand, they've been told what the Passover meal was and how Jesus delivered or how God delivered the Jews and brought them out of Egypt. And Jesus ate the Passover meal with his disciples and he had eaten it his whole life too he was a Jewish boy but it was going to mean something brand new peace hope joy he was saying if you don't eat of my body you don't have any part of me this beautiful tablecloth says do this in remembrance of me this morning not only do we remember his birth thank God that he came into the world amen he lived he died he was buried and he rose again but he did it for us so that we could have hope and joy and peace not just at Christmas time all year long we can participate and draw out of his fullness and receive his hope and his joy and have strength you know when he took that meal, he took that bread. Lisa was concerned that I was going to break this and pass it around and make you all eat off of it. We all know she's a germaphobe, and we're not going to do that. It's already broken in the, the tray up here. But he was, she's looking out after you. That's a good pastor. But he broke that bread. And he said in the breaking of that bread, it had been broken for centuries in Jewish homes. But now the breaking of the bread was going to represent the brokenness of his body that was broken for you and I. Why? So that we wouldn't have to go through that pain and that brokenness anymore. That he was providing hope for us in our broken situations. He passed it around and he distributed it. He took the cup, the same cup that had been lifted up over Jewish tables. It was the blood of the lamb that was applied to the door that the death angel would pass over and that they would be saved, but now it means something brand new and a new covenant. He said, this is the cup of the new covenant in my blood shed for you for the remission of sins of the whole world because he took away the sin of the world and he gave it to them to drink. During this next song, if you will come to the table and grab a cup and a piece of bread and take it back to your seat. We'll participate in communion together and eat here in just a second.